You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Hello, everybody. I hope that everybody is doing well and everybody is in a good mood as we have reached the end of the first week of free agency, that free agency period in the NFL. Congratulations, everybody. You made it. Well done, everybody. I'm proud of all of you. There were some dicey moments there for Dolphins fans all over the place, It, it especially after those first few days, that legal tampering period, things were going a little slow, got off to a slow start. You started to hear hints and whispers that people were getting worried. People were a little nervous. But then the Dolphins brought in Malcolm Brown. They brought in Matt Skira. They brought in Will Fuller. And that was the big one. That last domino to fall, they brought in Will Fuller. They got their big name wide receiver. And everybody sort of kind of relaxed after that. And that enabled everybody to take a step back and say, you know what? This actually was a pretty good free agent window. For your Miami Dolphins. And we're going to talk about that here on the show today. Um, we're going to go through, we're going to sort of do like a week in review about the free agent signings. We're not going to get too super in depth about each and every guy because if you've been paying attention here at dolphinstalk.com, we've covered all of that. We'll talk about some of the key pickups because uh, we need the brain to give his thoughts on some of that. But um, we've got some thoughts about free agency as a whole so far and where it leaves this team as we head into the next big thing, which is the draft window. And uh, we'll start talking about draft a little bit more uh, with each passing day here on DolphinsTalk.com. But before we get into all of that, as always, a reminder to make sure that you are following uh, me on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. You can see it at the bottom of your screen. You can follow the brain at Aaron the Brain. That's at Aaron the Brain and the show right up there at the top there at Same Old Dolphins. You can make sure that you're following us there. Make sure that you are uh, on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Give us a like over there as well. Download, rate, review, and subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere that you get podcasts, you can find ours. Just type it in, same old Dolphins, and you will uh, be able to subscribe to the show. We appreciate those of you that have left us ratings and reviews as well. Super, super helpful. Thank you for doing that. And after you've done all of that, the next thing that you need to do is you need to head over to DolphinsTalk.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. And if you've been following us this week at DolphinsTalk.com, you will see we have had all kinds of stories. I think we've had audio 
live shows basically every day this week. Anytime news breaks, we're, we're hopping on. If it's me, it might be Mike and Tom. It might be Ian. We had um, uh, Stephen Masso from v- at Via the Source dropped a show this week. Kevin Dern has got shows. So we're pumping out audio constantly for you over at DolphinsTalk.com as well as articles, columns, and analysis it's, it's coming your way. It's all over there at DolphinsTalk.com. So make sure you are visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. As I said, it's your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins brain. Let's get into it. This has been, I think when all is said and done, a pretty good week for your Miami Dolphins. Let me just sort of run through the signings. Uh, as best as I can. I think this is a complete list of all of them. These are the guys that the Dolphins have brought in. Um, I'm going to talk about the player, talk about the deal. And then after we get through all of that, uh, Brain will give you, you can give your thoughts on how this week has gone because I also hopped on earlier this week and did an episode of the monologue as well. But here are the signings. The Dolphins brought in tight end, fullback, and special teams guy, Seathan Carter, who signed a three-year deal worth $8.25 million, and that includes $2.7 million guaranteed. They brought in quarterback Jacoby Brissett, who signed a one-year $5 million contract with a max value of $7.5 million. They brought in running back Malcolm Brown, who was signed to a one-year deal Uh, with $1.75 million fully guaranteed. They re-signed Adam Penke, uh, the offensive tackle, to a one-year contract worth $2.1 million. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, well, we'll talk about Isaiah Wilson in a moment. They acquired him in the trade with the Tennessee Titans. They, uh, They also acquired the Titans. 2022 seventh round pick. We sent them our 21 seventh round pick. Uh, you know, basically a deal for nothing. And he was going to be entitled to $4 million was going to be. We'll talk about that more in a minute. The Dolphins also brought in wide receiver, Will Fuller, who signed a one-year deal worth $10.625 million fully guaranteed. That includes another $3 million in incentives. But after Will Furler serves his one game, the one remaining game of his PED suspension from last year, that deal is going to come out to about $10 million flat. They signed center Matt Skura on a one-year $1.75 million deal. They signed uh, defensive tackle Adam Butler, uh, who signed a two-year deal worth up to $9.5 million. They traded Shaq Lawson, Shaq Lawson and a 2021 six-round pick to the Houston Texans. Uh, and we received uh, Bernardrick McKinney, linebacker. Uh, and he is in the final final few years of a, 50 mil, a five-year, $50 million contract that he had signed with Houston back in 2018. I believe he's owed about seven mil, a little over $7 million for this season, uh, but he has no more guaranteed money on that deal. We also uh, signed a one-year deal for up to $2.75 million with cornerback Justin Coleman. We brought in punter Michael Pilardi. Uh, and then we also, I don't have the details of this uh of these deals from this point on, but uh, we signed 
edge defender and outside linebacker Brennan Scarlett to a one-year deal. Uh, we also signed linebacker and special teams ace Duke Riley. He was the special teams captain for the Philadelphia Eagles last year. He's on a one-year deal and just announced this evening by Barry Jackson. Uh, we uh, The Dolphins have signed Kai Loxley, who is an undrafted player out of UTEP. He was a quarterback at UTEP who threw nine, inter- nine touchdowns and 14 interceptions as a quarterback there. He also rushed for 875 yards and 11 touchdowns on 237 carries as a quarterback. Uh, in college, but he is now trying to make it into the NFL as a wide receiver. He was not drafted last year. He did not play last year. This is going to be his first time, his first deal with an NFL team. And in other exciting news that is not football related at all, but I'm fired up because it's good news to me. The Florida Gators just lost in the NCAA tournament to Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, the 15 seed, is going to the Sweet 16. It's a beautiful thing. Spoiler alert. For those of you that were trying to avoid that result. But anyway, there's the list of what the Dolphins have done this week. Brain, the biggest thing that I notice as I look at all of that is that these are smart signings and these are, in fact, smart contracts. This was a very refreshing free agent window free agency window uh for as long as i can remember i think going back certainly in the mike tannenbaum uh regime certainly in the jeff ireland regime and even the rick spielman regime and i don't know that i remember much about their free agent moves prior to that but uh, i guess jimmy johnson uh was prior to that uh but as far as i can remember anytime the dolphins have gone into free agency with any kind of money to spend we are the kings of making the splash signing quote unquote winning free agency by having the big name and all signs were pointing to us doing just that when we uh you know reportedly you know we're going to release Kyle Van Noy uh to me, that and I think to most Dolphins fans, logically they said, "Hey, you're you're not getting out of a deal like that uh, one year after you sign it unless you're planning on using that money and and spending big." And so, you know, with the big name wide receivers, a big name running back in Green Bay, uh, a, a couple of offensive linemen out there, a couple of edge rushers out there, everybody was like, "All right, we're gonna spend it somewhere. It's just a matter of where we're going to spend it." And the first couple of days of free agency happen and Miami seemingly just sitting on their hands, but this is the best thing that a team can do. And this is typically not what the Dolphins would do. The same old Dolphins thing to do would have been the second that you can sign somebody, we're signing somebody to some ridiculous contract with astronomical amounts of guaranteed money, uh, you know, and then signing multiple guys. And then to fit them in, uh, we're backloading the contract so that we don't have to worry about uh, that guaranteed money until three or four years down the line. And then we end up, you know, the same old Dolphins, a mediocre team that two years down the line has to completely blow everything up. But we didn't do that. We stayed patient. You know, we we saw some big names come off the board, uh, some receivers getting paid. And I got to say, when when I saw 
uh, Nelson Aguilar get a boatload of money. When I saw Corey Davis get a boatload of money, I said to myself, I, I don't know that we're going to be able to sign one of these receivers with a smart contract. I just don't see – like if Nelson Aguilar and Corey Davis are getting $13 million a year, I don't know how it's going to happen. But we haven't seen Juju sign. We haven't seen Galladay sign. We haven't seen Will Fuller sign. So let's see what, what happens. Maybe we're – maybe, you know, we're – you know, negotiating a bit, doing, you know, our due diligence. And then sure enough, we get that Will Fuller signing. I mean, we had made a couple of under the radar moves, some moves that people were just like, huh, who, 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 who did we sign? Like, uh, you know, what, what are we doing? When are we going to actually go after some of these big fish? And then we went after a pretty big fish and got him for probably the steal of the entire free agency uh, period so far in Will Fu- in Will Fuller. So I thought it was a great contract. It was a very non-same old Dolphins week uh, to kick off the league year, uh, and I- I'm pretty excited about it. As for the you know the more under the radar moves, they just you know they make sense. They're they're not they're not you know, splashy. They're not necessarily overly exciting, uh, but they make sense. You know, Devon Godshaw got paid. You weren't going to pay Devon Godshaw $8 million a year. So you bring in a guy that you're familiar with to replace him for a little bit cheaper. Makes sense. You bring, you needed a nickel corner. You went and you got a guy who a couple of years ago was considered one of the better nickel corners in the league. Didn't necessarily work out that way in his time in Detroit, but You bring him in to compete with Nick Needham. Now you're not necessarily desperate at that position going into the draft. And I think everything that the Dolphins did this week sets them up to have ultimate flexibility come draft day or draft weekend. Because what they've done is while they haven't shored up everything, they've put pieces in place to where they don't need to be desperate. In any one spot. Now, maybe, maybe running back. Maybe, you know, they you know they brought in Malcolm Brown. I think it's a good complimentary piece. I don't think you necessarily want to go into next year with Miles Gaskin and, and, and uh, Malcolm Brown as your only two uh, running backs. And then, you know, I guess you got Patrick Laird and whoever else they're going to they're going to have back there um you probably want to have another really good talented player somebody that you add in the draft in that backfield in that position room uh but you're going to have multiple picks to do it and now because at least you've got somebody in there and you've got two solid serviceable guys in there you're not desperate to reach on somebody as we saw Miami uh, in that position last year when uh, they were desperate for a left tackle. And so they reached on Austin Jackson with pick number 18 and Austin Jackson may turn out to be a, a good left tackle in the future. He's still young. It's got time to grow. He wasn't horrible. Uh, he wasn't good, but uh the, the fact is, is that it was a reach. It was a reach at the time. And so far, it's one that hasn't necessarily panned out. And that's typically what happens when you pigeonhole yourself into needing to draft by position. And what the Dolphins have done in this offseason by addressing the center position, the nickel corner position, the wide receiver position, the running back position, the backup quarterback position, even the punter position, and then a few linebackers, is that they've given themselves the flexibility that – 
they don't necessarily have to go after a specific position in the first round, in the second round, with whatever picks they have. Yeah, and I think the other thing is that free agency isn't over. Now, the Dolphins have something in the ballpark as of right now of around about $12 million left to spend. So I would I would imagine that we're looking at some restructures of some deals coming up, and we're probably going to see some of these. We're probably going to see one or two players that the Dolphins might decide to part ways with at some point to try to free up some space because I don't think they're done. I think they, they still probably want to find another another edge guy that can be helpful. Um, I also think they, I think they would probably like to find a little bit more depth uh, at, at running back. So if they can find somebody else that they could sign on another one year deal for, for pretty low money, I think they're probably going to make that move. Um, But yeah, the, the, the overall point that you are making is that the dolphins are setting themselves up to be flexible. And that is the theme that when you look at, Everything that Chris Greer has done since he sort of took full control of the football operations and that GM role, he has been constantly setting the Dolphins up to be flexible and not to have to lock themselves in to long-term deals and bloated contracts. He's put them in a position where they can make a lot of moves. And, And we want to talk about flexibility. The Dolphins currently hold the number three pick in the draft. They are the only team in the top three that is not looking to draft a quarterback. It is almost a certainty that they are going to be having conversations about trading down out of the third pick. So that is the flexibility that is going to give them more draft capital for this year. You're talking about acquiring additional second round picks, potentially additional first round picks next year. Uh, There's a flexibility is the name of the game when it comes to what Chris Greer has been doing uh, since he's really taken full control over things. And I think it's, it's a weird thing to say, but while I know a lot of people have their doubts about Chris Greer, I'm feeling pretty good about what he's doing thus far. Yeah, and look, he he's he. I think he's having a solid offseason. And and what I like the most, like you you can like the plan, you can not like the plan, but it's nice to see him be consistent with the plan because they're in the past. The Dolphins have definitely been one of these teams that seems to have a plan one year, and then it's a completely different plan the following year, and they're constantly just kind of you know, throwing crap at the wall to see what sticks. Uh, and to a certain extent, this offseason, pr- just prior to uh, the, the the free agency signings, looked in, so, in a lot of ways similar to that because what we saw was uh, the Dolphins saying that they're going to release Kyle Van Noy, a guy that they signed to a big contract last year. We saw them uh, trade Shaq Lawson, a guy that they uh, signed to a big free agency contract last year. Uh, Eric Flowers was another big free agent signing last year. And the Dolphins had already brought in another offensive lineman with high, with a high ceiling. Well, 
projected high ceilings deal is the one that's sort of looking like not a great deal and, and the fact is is that if they could trade that one or they could get out of it that's the one that they would want to the most and right. it looks like based on the fact that they brought in isaiah wilson and the fact that you know they do have the number three pick there's still a very good chance that they still go after a penne sewell and if they do the odd man out on that starting offensive line is eric flower so to a certain extent when you look at that and you look at the way they're addressing things this year, as much as you can laud them for saying, oh, well, they they had the foresight to give themselves flexibility with the way that they sign these contracts. Well, that's great, but it's not good practice. It's not good practice if you're going to consistently a year after signing a bunch of guys in free agency, go back and have to either trade them away or release them. That's not a way that's going to win. It's not going to be a sustainable practice. So there was a lot of concern on my end about that. Uh, but the the fact that they're taking the patient approach here, uh, the fact that they didn't throw a bunch of money and make some big splash signings, to me that speaks to the plan that they have already put in place the last two years, and it shows consistency, uh, and I was really happy to see that. Now, I do think that we should talk, though, about uh, you know a couple of things that you just said. Number one, yeah, I don't think that they're necessarily done, but when you talk about having $12 million to spend and you talk about they're, look, they're probably going to jettison a couple of guys as cap casualties, probably Jakeem Grant um, and maybe one or two other guys, uh, That that's probably the case, but I don't look for them to make a big splashy signing because the other thing that you mentioned, they've got the number three pick. They potentially have you know, depending on if they trade back, you, you could be looking at like five picks in the top 50. They got to pay those guys. Uh, so they need money uh, to be free to, to pay those rookies. So I think they're going to be looking, they're going to be, they're going to be talking to guys and they're going to be looking to see who falls through the cracks. Who, who are the guys that thought that they were going to get paid, uh, but they're not getting the big money that they want. And, and maybe Miami can find up, you know, or can end up finding them in the bargain bin. And I think that's where they're going to be shopping here over this, this second week of the league year. Uh, the other, the other thing is, is you, you talked about, um, you know, that, that they're almost probably going to be trading down. And I agree and I have agreed. And, and when they, especially when they made the move for Isaiah Wilson, I thought for sure uh, that was a sign that, Okay, we're bringing in more depth at the tackle position. This says, all right, we're we're going to trade down. We're not going to be going after Penesua. Look, obviously, it did not work with Isaiah Wilson. So now, how comfortable are you going into next year with your starting tackles being Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt? Obviously, you you used draft capital on them last year. They were rookies. They you know had ups and downs, but. Is that the tandem that you want to go with next season when you're when you're bringing in weapons for Tua and you're you're supposed to be taking this big jump on the offensive side? Um, it, it, to me, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you, if you looked if you had that number three pick if you didn't get blown away with an offer. I still prefer to trade down, but the fact that the Isaiah Wilson gamble didn't really pay off. I think it leaves us back to square one where we don't really have 
a lot of leeway if Austin Jackson or Robert Hunt don't end up having a super sophomore year. Uh, it could leave us in a in a bad in a bad spot at the tackle position. So Penny Sewell at number three, I think if you're keeping number three, that's the that's the pick. It's a no brainer. Oh, absolutely. And and I, I see I'm not one of those people who thought when the Dolphins traded for Isaiah Wilson that this was a move that meant the Dolphins were unlikely to draft Penny Sewell because I always thought that the Wilson thing was always we're taking a flyer on this guy and there's an outside shot. We might be able to turn it into something right. It was always a gamble, but it was a it was a low risk kind of gamble. And it's the kind of move that I like to see a team make because if it pays off, it pays off really well, but there's not a huge risk to it. But I don't know that the Dolphins ever brought in Isaiah Wilson with the thought that they were expecting him to be a big time contributor for this team. Were they hoping that he could be a contributor? Sure. But they certainly weren't expecting it. So I don't know that that was ever that that ever took Penny Sewell off the table in and of itself. Um, Obviously, that's still something that the Dolphins can have, and that is something that the Dolphins can use as leverage. It's like it's not like the Dolphins are holding the number three pick with Penny Sewell right there, and like we don't like we don't need this pick. The Dolphins can absolutely take Penny Sewell there. They can take Penny Sewell there. They can take Kyle Pitts there. They could take Jalen Waddle there. They can take any of these guys there. But I think knowing that Penny Sewell is out there and is a guy that they're looking for and that they don't know that he's going to be available if they trade down is all the more reason for them to, you know, use that as a bargaining chip to get more when the Philadelphia Eagles and the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons come calling, looking for, looking to move up in the draft order. So I think the Dolphins, uh, you know, hold quite a few chips there. And it's a, it's a pretty good spot to be in if you're the Miami Dolphins. Um, let's talk about a couple of these other signings here uh, that that I just think we should touch on. Obviously, Will Fuller is a huge one. Like, we, we talked about how the, the deal for Will Fuller is great. I mean, let's talk about the fact that the Dolphins are getting him for, for $10 million. A, an amazing signing. He's a perfect fit with them on a, on a kind of prove it one year deal. This is a guy that has had trouble staying on the field. He's had health problems that has plagued him. Right. And then last year, he finally seemed to have put it all together. He blew up, put up big numbers, best year of his career, then gets busted for PED use. So now he's coming in. The Dolphins bring him in on a one year deal. He is the speedster, the stretch, the field guy that the Dolphins need. So they've got the two big body guys in Preston Williams and, uh, Devonte Parker, and now you've got to stretch the field guy in Will Fuller. You've got your big body matchup problem in Mike Gesicki. I mean, you add a Jalen Waddle or a Kyle Pitts to this offense in addition to these guys, and suddenly this offense, assuming that Tua takes that next step forward and becomes, you know, the quarterback that everybody expects and wants him. I shouldn't say expects, not everybody expects. All of us want him to take that big step forward. If he does that and you've got all these weapons, suddenly you've got an offense that is a force to be reckoned with. And I think that's a really exciting problem. And the other thing is the Dolphins take 
get Will Fuller on the cheap while you have the Patriots signing Nelson Aguilar to a $22 million deal over a couple of years. You've got the Giants paying Kenny Galladay $72 million over four years. The Dolphins, in the in the context of the wide receiver market, the Dolphins got the very best deal uh, out of anybody in the wide receiver market with Will Fuller. He's the perfect fit for this team. They got him on a cheap deal, and it puts the Dolphins' offense, I think, in position to take a big step forward. In addition to that, and then I'll hand it over to you, I really like the addition of Malcolm Brown. I think they got him for very, very cheap. It's it's another really buy-low situation. He's that big physical back. He's going to give you a lot of what Jordan Howard gave the Dolphins last year, which is that ability to get you one or two yards. The difference is where Jordan Howard could get you one or two, one yard when you needed to get one yard. Malcolm Brown will get you three yards when you need to get one yard. So we've got, so we've moved on from Jordan one yard to Malcolm Brown, and he's going to be that good red zone back for the Dolphins, I think. This season, I think it's a great addition, very cheap, low cost. I don't think the Dolphins are done adding at the running back position. Like I said, I think they might bring in another veteran that they can find at a low deal. Um, And I, I still expect them to draft a running back as well, whether it's they are. I can't guarantee you that the Dolphins are going to pick Najee Harris Travis Etienne or Javante Williams. Would I love for the Dolphins to have one of those guys? Yes. Najee Harris, for me, is the guy that I would love for them to take. But I think Dolphins fans need to prepare themselves for the very real possibility that the Dolphins do not take one of them. And especially if the Dolphins don't trade out of the third spot and do draft Penny Sewell, I think it is far more likely that they take a receiver at 18 than running back. And I think the receiver that you're looking for is, I mean, to me, it's Jalen Waddle. Those are my guys. It's, it's, it's Jalen Waddle and Dante Harris. Uh, no way, no way Jalen Waddle falls to 18. No, at, no chance. At 18, you're looking at, you're, you're hoping that, that Bateman is there. And if, if Bateman isn't there at 18, then you're, you're probably holding off. Uh, and at that point, maybe you are looking at a Najee Harris at 18 uh, to address the running back position, or maybe you go, you know, on the defensive side of the ball at that point at number 18. Um, but if you're taking Penny Sewell at three and, and meaning you haven't traded down and you're at 18, unless you're going to trade up, uh, you know, back, you know, into the top 10, I, I don't think you're getting Jalen Waddle. You're not getting Kyle Pitts um, and you're, you're, you're kind of biting your nails waiting to see if Bateman falls to you at 18. So you, you kind of put yourself in a, in a precarious position, but by doing that, but again, this is why uh, it's big that they added a receiver. I think they could still add a second receiver. Well, they already added a second receiver because they brought in Ruben Foster uh, who is going, and this should tell you that move should tell you, between that move and Will Fuller and the fact that they're talking about Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns being uh, guys that they're going to be relying on going into camp, that should tell you the writings on the wall for Jakeem Grant. Uh, oh, they, yeah, they, I totally, totally missed the Robert Foster signing that the Dolphins yeah. uh, in my list. But, but, but that's between, another guy, another speed guy, Jakeem Grant. But I mean, he's just, a, he's really just a special teams guy, but it's, it's, it's a nice guy to have because you don't want to be in a position where, look, I love 
that Mac Hollins came down with a really great touchdown catch. And I love that he's like, you know, one of the better gunners in the league on special teams. But you don't want to be put in a position where you're relying on Mac Hollins to be essentially a starting receiver for your right, for right. your team, which this team was was relying on down the stretch last year when that that's a big part of the problem. That's why we need to remake this entire wide receiver room. But again, back to the point, the what the, the big thing about uh those two wide receiver signings, the Malcolm Brown signing, is that you're not pigeonholed into we need to get Najee Harris. We need to get Travis Etienne. We need to get Javante Williams. Yes, it would be nice, but I think if the Dolphins had it their way, they'd like to wait until number 36 to address the running back position. And if one of those guys is there, then it's a home run. And if they're not, then I think they're happy with Miles Gaskin and Malcolm Brown and you know, maybe they find a little, you know, a low value or a, or a good value, you know, one year, three, four million dollar signing, then they can kind of piece it together by committee. I mean, after all, Miles Gaskin, uh, while he had trouble staying on the field last year, in 10 games, uh, the guy was averaging 18 touches a game and just under 100 yards from scrimmage. So it's not like he was not productive. You pair him with a Malcolm Brown, who should be uh, an, an upgrade over your Jordan Howard and your your Matt Breida and your Patrick Lairds of the world. Uh, you know, it it's not an ideal one-two punch, and that's why you want to add another talented back to that room. But if you had to go in, it's not the worst situation in the world, and you probably feel better about your backfield going into next year with those guys than you did, uh, you know, this year, uh, or at least, you know, maybe not going into this year because you, maybe you felt really good about Jordan Howard or Matt Breida by about, but about a month into the season and you saw what those guys were giving you, you probably feel a lot better about having Miles Gaskin and Malcolm Brown than you did a month into this season with Miles Gaskin, Jordan Howard, and Matt Breida. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So, I mean, at this point, if I'm Jakeem Grant, I'm I'm starting to figure out some other plans because it's uh, the writing is on the wall for him. He's hanging on with this team by a thread. I mean, and you know, you you kind of feel bad for the guy because he he has been a contributor for this team and he's been part of some excellent moments for this team. But listen, when this guy had the opportunity to be a serious contributor last year on offense, he quite literally dropped the ball. Over and, and over again. Over and over again. And you just cannot have that. You cannot have that. So I, I, I see this uh, situation where the Dolphins are more than likely moving on from Jakeem Grant, especially because they now got, you know, listen, Igbenogany is a guy who has been bulking up in the offseason. I don't know if you saw the recent pictures of Noah Igbenogany, but who boy, this guy is, he's getting jacked back there and he's going to be out there. Uh, as another option for returning punts and kicks. And you really, you know, and they, they brought in Foster. You don't need Jakeem Grant to do that stuff anymore. So I think it's likely that we could be seeing the Dolphins move on from Jakeem Grant. Uh, Mr. Grant, thank you for your service to the team. Um, but Brain, I, you know, uh, something else that I think is important that we talk about because we're getting close to that time of year, Brain, and it's that the NFL draft season, I mean, it's basically, it, we're still in that free agent afterglow, 
But the NFL draft season is upon us. And it's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. And that's why our partners at Manscaped, and they are the world leaders in below-the-waist grooming. They have partnered with us to make sure that you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football. So for all of the draft geeks out there, we have an exclusive 20% off promo code for manscaped.com. That promo code is Dolphins Talk, all one word. Listen, will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? If your favorite team is the Dolphins, almost certainly not. So I'm not sure about that, but I am sure that with the Lawnmower 3.0, you can get your D back. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. I just want everybody to know this is the verbiage that they gave us. This We're reading what wow. they're telling us to read. Quarter I'm not balls. making this. Yeah, you got to protect your quarter balls. You know, you know, like everybody else, you refer to them as your quarter balls. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if they're only quarter balls, yikes. <laughs> Listen, you got to go. That, all gives you half a, that gives you half a ball. Yeah, I know. Right. It's, 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 you're not even John Cruck. Listen, <laughs> you're folks. You're half a Cruck. You, you're a half a crock. Listen, it's like they said, don't go off half crocked. Folks, you got to go all out with Manscaped's performance package, which comes with the new and improved lawnmower 3.0, weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when we're all done quarantining and some other liquid formulations like the crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, and the crop reviver, a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. Ooh. Witch hazel extracts. Never, nice. never heard of witch hazel. Oh, witch but, hazel. Uh, nice. But all I'm, all they say is that it's going to give your testes a boost. So you can get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Dolphins Talk at Manscaped.com. The code is Dolphins Talk, all one word, at Manscaped.com. So again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code Dolphins Talk at manscaped.com. It's time you turn that team in your pants around with Manscaped. Thanks, Manscaped. And listen, guys out there, if you're listening, trust me on the Manscaped stuff. They're really excellent products. They really do a great job. And the uh, the liquid formulations actually have a really good scent to them. They've got a cologne as well. My wife thinks it's a little bit too potent. She's like, how much of that did you put on? That's not how she talks. Don't tell her I said that. Uh, but she does say that you're wearing too much of this stuff. And it's like, I put on one little squirt. It smells good. It's potent stuff. Anyway, that's Manscaped. All right. So draft is around the corner. Uh, it's coming up pretty soon, Brain, and we are going to be putting some uh, draft thoughts together. We're going to be having the, that conversation here. And, you know, as, as these weeks go by, more things are going to be falling into place as far as how the Dolphins are shaping up as we go into the draft. And I think one big thing that is becoming more and more clear over the last couple of days 
is that it really seems like, folks, if you were not fully on board with Tua Tungavailoa as the franchise quarterback for your Miami Dolphins headed into the 2021 football season, better get used to the idea because I think if you were out there hoping that the Dolphins were going to make a move for Deshaun Watson, I think you can put that on the shelf, put it away because I just don't see a world where that is going to happen at this point in time. Deshaun Watson is facing uh, 12 different lawsuits alleging sexual assault from uh, various uh, masseuses. Is masseuses, is that the plural of masseuse? I believe is so. Is it masseuses? Masseusai? Masseuse. Anyway. I, I go masseuses or the massage that- therapists. Massage therapist is the way to say it. Yeah, the the people, the massage therapist, he's got a bunch of different people who have said that he went over the top demanding uh, sexual acts be performed on him. And it's just it's all gone over the top. And uh, I got to tell you that it just doesn't look good. And listen, at this point in time, everybody is innocent, but. With all of these allegations coming out, it is such a toxic situation that the Dolphins cannot put themselves in a position to even think about making that move at this point and trading anything for Deshaun Watson because the NFL is now looking into this. So if the NFL looks into it and they find that he did something, now he's facing a suspension. You just, I think this whole situation needs to play out before anything gets resolved as far as him finding a new team to play for. And so at this point, I think everybody is all of the NFL teams that might've had interest have to kind of take a step back and go, we're going to wait on this right now. And his value is going to drop all the way down. And that is, I think all that can be said about that. I just, I don't see a world where, the Dolphins or anybody really is moving forward with a, with a big trade for Deshaun Watson until this whole thing gets sorted out. I completely agree. Um, I think for, first and foremost, uh, with, with these kind of alley, for, well, first and foremost, it's disgusting. I mean, it's just, it, it's horrible. It's reprehensible behavior. And look, I, I, you're innocent until proven guilty. So you got to wait and see what happens, but he's, sh- with this many allegations, with the text message, you know, apologizing, it, it certainly looks like he's guilty. And uh, with this many allegations, this is a serial problem here. And this is a guy that is probably uh, looking at a year-long suspension. So, I mean, like, you, nobody's trading for, for him uh, with a year-long suspension, and nobody's trading for a guy like that to be the leader of their locker room, especially with the contract that they're going to be taking on. Uh, and furthermore, if they are interested in trading him, the price is going to be so low that if you're Houston, I mean, you're not, you're simply not going to deal him. Like you, you're going to wait and he has no leverage anymore to, to take the franchise hostage and say, I demand a trade. No, buddy, you're, you're going to sit there. You're we're going to let this, this whole thing play out. And then if, if you want to repair your image, you're going to have to do it as a Houston Texan. Uh, and then by doing so, then maybe we're able to get something for you. So it, he's not getting traded. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And this is honestly, 
if you're a fan of the Dolphins getting Deshaun Watson, this is the best thing that could have possibly happened. If you're a fan of the Dolphins not getting Deshaun Watson and building around Tua with as many picks as possible, this is the best thing to happen. Because first off, the best way to get Deshaun Watson is to get him next year after you've already used all of your draft assets and built a Super Bowl-ready team, a team that the foundation is already there, and if Tua doesn't end up making the huge jump, you know it because you're two years in, and now you've got all those weapons, you've used all that draft capital, you've got this team built, and then you drop Deshaun Watson in as your quarterback next year when you still have the draft capital to give up, but now you're really in a better position to try to win now. If you don't want Deshaun Watson and you want more weapons around Tua and you want the Dolphins to maximize their draft capital by trading down, getting multiple picks inside the, you know, multiple more picks inside this year's top 50, possibly an extra number one next year, this is the best possible thing to happen because the Dolphins aren't the only team that was in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. One of those teams were the Carolina Panthers, who are notably desperate to find their quarterback and were one of the teams that I think were most linked to being interested in trading for Deshaun Watson because they were just going to throw – look, they, they threw a bunch of money or, or they, they, they threw a bunch of picks at trying to get Matt Stafford. Do you think they're not going to go crazy trying to get Deshaun Watson? Of course they were. And now if they're out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes – then this is just another team that needs to draft their quarterback, which means the Dolphins at number three. If those first two picks go Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, Atlanta needs a quarterback. Philly needs a quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. San Francisco might need a quarterback. Denver. I mean, all of these teams are going to be in the market And Miami is in that beautiful spot to trade down and get maximum value for it because you don't have that chip in Deshaun Watson sitting out there. Now, you potentially have Russell Wilson out there, uh, but that's only one. If you have Wilson and Watson, then it's, it's, you know, uh, other options for those teams to explore with, with less options for them to explore. They got to come shopping for that number three pick. And so Miami's in a great position to trade down. They they really are. They're they're in a very good position. And we'll we'll like I said, we're gonna be talking a lot about that as uh as we get a little bit closer to the draft and you know things start to fall into place around them. There's one other thing that I want to talk about before we wrap up. And I, I really, you know, I meant to bring this up when we were having the talk about free agency and about how really the dolphins took advantage of the market. But one of the other things, and we're not really hearing a lot about it, it's sort of all gone quiet on that front, but there was a lot of talk as the season was winding down that Xavier Howard had signed a new agent and that on the back of this incredible Pro Bowl season that he had had, where he was one of the candidates for Defensive Player of the Year in the National Football League, that he was going to demand that his contract get restructured so he could get more money. Now, that hasn't happened. It's kind of been radio silence from his side. Now, could that be because of all of the legal trouble that 
was going on. And and I should clarify, he didn't get into legal trouble, but there were some issues and there were a lot of conversations about off the field problems where uh, eventually everything was resolved and, and he was not accountable for anything and he was not guilty of anything, but there was an issue. And this was the second consecutive off season where that was the case. So that may have played something into it. But on top of that, when you look at this market, the free agent market, and look at how the salary cap is reduced. So teams are not splashing the money out there. It is really much more of a buyer's market. It seems like we're going to get through this full offseason without that conflict that a lot of us were sort of anticipating between the Dolphins front office and team Xavier Howard. Yeah, and 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 I agree, and I think the the big thing, uh, you know, it could have been the legal issue. The the other thing is, is that while I agree, I think if if it was going to happen, I think it would have happened. But this could also be a play from Xavier Howard's camp to kind of wait and see what the Dolphins are going to do here in free agency, and then look at how much money they have left and say, hey, well, you you've got this money left. Let's let's uh, get back to the negotiation table. So I don't think it's I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah, I don't think they're out of the woods. But I do agree. I think uh, if if he was going to do it, I think the time for him to do it that would have made the most sense was right at the beginning of the league year, so that he could say, "Hey, before you do anything, before you start talking to these free agents, know that I want a new contract." And I have to believe. I mean, he's on your team. This isn't, you don't need to wait until legal tampering to talk to this guy and to talk to his agent. So I have to believe that the Dolphins probably already talked to them, uh, to, to Xavier talked to his agent. And if, if there was any kind of disagreement, I would think that uh, they would have come out, uh, you know, Xavier Howard's agent would have come out, you know, right at the beginning of the league year and said, hey, we want a new contract before you go negotiating with wide receivers and offensive linemen and defensive tackles, running backs, all this stuff. Uh, take care of the guy on your team who you know was easily your best player last year. Uh, but we haven't seen that happen, and I think that's good news for Miami uh, because you know that would have been a tough decision to make because we, we talk about flexibility and the way the Dolphins have smartly structured contracts and Really, the model of that is the Xavier Howard contract that the Dolphins signed a couple of years ago uh, that, that you know, has enabled them to have this, you know, arguably the best cornerback in the National Football League at a, at a bargain price with not very much guaranteed money left uh, on the books so that if he does kind of hit the wall here in a year or two or has another injury, uh, the Dolphins have the flexibility to get out of that. Whereas if they were to restructure and give him an extension, uh, they would almost certainly uh, be putting themselves in a position where they'd be needing to pay him guaranteed money well past his age 30 season, which could be very dicey. So I think it's it's really good uh, for Miami that that that's that's not happening and that hasn't been a storyline. We'll just have to wait and see if it stays that way. If it does stay that way, I think that's really great news for Miami because they I think they can really build off of what was a really uh, huge improvement on the defensive side of the ball this year. I mean, look, they were the the number one scoring defense in the entire league going into the final game of the season. Uh, and 
you know, Xavier Howard was a big part of that. So uh, no doubt we're going to add some players in the, in the draft. I don't know that we've made really any improvements on the defensive side of the ball so far in this, in this free agency. I think it, it's largely been lateral moves, uh, but you know, maybe by bringing in a nickel corner that could compete with Nick Needham, you hope that Noah Igbenogany takes the next step uh, at, at corner, and you're going to use some draft picks there. Uh, you hope that this that this defense can take, you know, the extra one or two steps because, I mean, let's face it, you, you were the number one scoring defense in the league going into the last week of the season. How far are you away? You're really just a couple of pieces away on that side of the ball. Uh, so, uh, losing, having to figure out what you're going to do with Xavier Howard could really throw a wrench in that whole plan and make you have to rebuild the entire defense because of everything that Xavier Howard does so well. Uh, so not having to do that, I think, is a is a huge piece of the Dolphins uh, continuing to build on that side of the football. Hundred percent, and I think, listen, they're they're reading the room and they're realizing there's going to be a lot more money to be had next spring than there is right now because with the nfl signing that new like 100 billion dollar tv deal that they just signed all of these the the salary cap numbers are going to be going up and up and up and teams are going to be spending and spending so it's like you know the the smart players are the guys like will fuller who went out there and took a one-year deal because if he goes out and puts it together, now we should be clear, if Will Fuller puts it together, has a great year, and the Dolphins don't want to lose him in free agency, they can put a franchise tag on him, which makes his deal more like a two-year, $27 million deal, $27 million deal, but that keeps Will Fuller around. But these guys that are taking the short-term deals and these guys that are going to be free agents next year when teams have a lot more money to pl- pay, you're seeing teams be cautious this year. This is a weird pandemic offseason, right? But next spring, a year from now, teams are going to be splashing around the cash a lot more than they are this year. So I think it's going to be a very different free agency period next year. I mean, and this year, still a lot of guys out there. Still a lot of names. Richard Sherman's still out there. Jadavian Clowney's still out there. Uh, I believe Okung is still out there. You know, there's a bunch of guys still out there and there's bargains to be had at at basically any position. So it it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Dolphins didn't make a few maneuvers to restructure some contracts, maybe release a couple of guys only to bring in a couple of other free agents that are going to help out in a big way heading into the 2021 season. All I can tell you is that whatever those moves are, that the Dolphins make, we're going to have you covered here at DolphinsTalk.com. So make sure you're following DolphinsTalk.com. You're visiting DolphinsTalk.com every single day. It's your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. Make sure you're following the brain at Aaron the Brain. That's at A-A-Ron the Brain. And the show is at Sam Old Dolphins, of course, if you haven't already, we appreciate we would appreciate if you take a few moments to give us a five-star rating, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else that you get your podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks to everybody who's joining us in the chat tonight. Some fun comments. We see a lot of draft analysis. Everybody's make making their thoughts known. We appreciate that. So thanks to those of you that are that are watching live and listening live. Thank you to all of you. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, leave us, leave us a thought, leave us a comment, let us know if we're doing a good job. We appreciate it. 
Um, if you're listening on demand on the podcast form or watching later on YouTube, hi, YouTube. It's the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Make sure that you're subscribed over there as well because we're going to keep pumping out these videos now. I think we're almost almost exclusively doing live shows now. They're not all going to be live, but a lot of them are going to be. So make sure that you're up over there. We got new episodes of the Dolphins Talk fan series coming your way soon. Um, if you want to be on that show, if you're a fan that you'd like to be featured on a quick podcast, shoot us a drop us a line, let us know. And uh, we'll add you to the list because we got a bunch of people that want to be on that show. Brain, any parting words from you that you'd like to say to everybody? No, again, uh, I'm just really excited uh, at how different this offseason has been so far. This this start to free agency with how sensible they seem to be and how much they seem to be sticking to the plan. Uh, I did see a lot of draft analysis or, or draft uh you know, projections or things that, uh, you know, our fans want the, want to see the Dolphins do in the draft. And, and we're going to get there. <laughs> I, we got some questions about, you know, who do the Dolphins want at this position or who would be good to fill that position. We're going to get there. We're going to have shows for you in the, in the lead up to the draft. Um, but right now it's free agency time. There's only so much that we can get into in one show. So all I could say is stick with us. When we're back, you know, whether it's the next show or the show after that, we're going to get into the draft. We're going to talk about guys that we think the Dolphins should be ta- or should be targeting early, some guys that the Dolphins maybe should be targeting late, and the positions in general that the Dolphins really need to target. And we'll know all of that uh, even more over the next uh, week or two uh, once the Dolphins really put the finishing touches on this free agency signing period. Yeah, so stick with us here at the same old Dolphin Show. Stick with us at DolphinsTalk.com. Make sure you're following us at Amplified Rock, at Aaron the Brain, at Same Old Dolphins, Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Make sure that you're following us there, and we will be back with another show for you soon. In the meantime, as always, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!